welcome to a brand new Power Half Hour on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, and my co-host on the West Coast, he is at Chad Smart on Twitter. Chad, welcome again to the show. I don't have to, I don't know, it's not, it's weird to say welcome to the co-host, but uh, uh, good talking with you again. How are you, sir? Uh, I am doing well. You know, we uh, we just had a 20-minute discussion off-air, and I think I got all of my frustrations out and uh, ranted a bit. So if you're curious what those rants sound like, you can head over to the Positive Cynicism Podcast Network and check out the latest Popology 101 or Politicalamity, and uh, you can get all the good details. But, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to this show, and I was actually just looking up uh, a potential commercial break that we could throw in here. Um, so if I get something, I'll let you know. But uh, how are you doing? How, how's life on your end? Life on my uh, end has just taken a very interesting turn. As this episode drops on uh, Thursday, the 18th of June, year of our Lord 2020, I'm without a job. And uh, I phrase it that way just to give people listening, but like, what? What happened? And finally, me. three months later, you join the ranks of everybody else. Yeah. Aw, when you say it like that, it makes me sad. <laughs> uh, I have uh, been presented and uh, have accepted an opportunity uh, for an, a new job, new career, new line of work. And I'm very excited. Also, God awful terrified of uh, of the life decision that I've made, but hopefully everything works out. Well, if not, I hear Kevin Hunsberger has a guest room that you can crash in. I mean, let's face it. I, I, I don't – no offense to Kevin. I know he's got, what, one college age, maybe two college age two. kids. I don't know. Uh, so I'm sure he's got the space. But, like, I still have a house. Like, I still have a family. <laughs> and I don't think Kevin and his lovely wife are going to take all of us in. Uh, although they might. I don't know. Kevin's crazy. Um, and for putting up with him, so is his wife a little bit. Hopefully she's not listening. I don't think she is. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, so this week we're going back to one. I can't believe it, it actually took 24 episodes to get here. But we're going to go back and talk about uh, something that every kid has, uh, boy or girl. They have uh, toys. I think specifically, at least this is how I interpreted it when I dropped the topic. Particularly, we're going action figures uh, for this episode of the Power Half Hour. Chad, I was thinking about this. We have a bit of an age difference. So when a lot of the 80s you know, cartoon toys were being rolled out, you might have aged out of some of them. I, I remember my first toys slash action figures, the ones that I really remember and really love. There's actually a picture of me. Uh, I think we have it somewhere in, in some photo album here. That's right, kids. Before things like the internet and, you know, having a, a HD camera in your pocket everywhere you went, you had to get film developed. And then, you know, like there's albums on Facebook. Well, there are hard copy albums that people have in their homes. And I think there's a, a picture somewhere of me on my fourth birthday with, by the way, the most ridiculous, like, I don't know, sleeveless shirt on. You know, it was summertime. And it was a He-Man cake. And that was like the He-Man birthday for me. I got, you know, uh, Snake Mountain, 
I got uh, a couple of the the He-Man or Masters of the Universe of uh, vehicles, and I got some action figures. And I had such a blast playing with those action figures uh, for a couple of years. But what was it like? What was it? Tell me, Shunny, what was it like in the old days? Well, as I believe that I have said on this show before, and if I haven't, then I'll say it now, my, I guess my childhood coincide, coincided with with the rise of action figures. Um, the move, first movie I ever saw was a little independent film called Star Wars. It's funny because and I thought you were going to say that your childhood uh, was side by side with the rise of Skywalker. And in a way, it kind of was. It kind of was. And that would have been a good pun. <clears throat> but uh, no, I missed that one. I... Uh, yeah, so Star Wars was the first big toy action figure collection that I had. Um, I still remember um, a, a handful of action figure of characters that I bought. Um, like I remember I got my Tusken Raider one day after watching the Batman 66 episode where Joker springs out of prison using home – they're playing a prison baseball game and he uses home plate as a catapult to spring him or – <laughs> yeah, trampoline. And I remember after that was over, I walked up town to our little um, five and dime store that used to be there, and I bought a Tuscan Raider action figure. Nice. Why that memory sticks with me, no clue. But and especially in that much detail. But that's what I know. And yeah, so you know, I was a huge Star Wars geek, and through Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, I collected the majority of the figures. Uh, I never had the only ship that I had was the Bespin Twin Pod Cloud Car um, from Empire Strikes Back, and I had an AT-AT, which I still have back home somewhere in storage. That doesn't work. It's missing its guns and its side panel door, but it's still there. I have that and a Tauntaun. It's the only only remnants of my childhood. My parents did not throw away or sale at a at a yard sale. Were were these the Mego action figures? No, these were the Kenner oh, action okay. figures. The three, oh, that's right, four inch. No, yeah. you're right, Kenner. Mego. I, I'm thinking of Mego predates the Kenner uh, line and had like the little cloth costumes on. Yeah, they, they uh, I had were probably the twelve inch. Yeah, yeah. I think they did like a Star Trek, and that's what it was. Yeah, some other lines, but yeah, they. Um, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, but no, it's, Star Wars was my big one. And then, um, again, since we have an age difference, I'll just go through my my list. From Star Wars, it became G.I. Joe. Uh, and then from there, you know, some of the uh, LGN WWF action figures that were more in action than action because they there didn't were, move. There wasn't and, a, there, they didn't pay a lot of attention uh to points of articulation back in the 70s and 80s on the they action not, figures. No. Yeah, and now and, and I think that's one of the things and we'll I'll save this discussion for after your list and and then when we talk about today's action figures. But yeah, so I think I think Star Wars, GI Joe and WWF were probably the best of my memory. Uh, those are the only ones that I really had like huge collections of. You know, there might have been one or two other things that I had one or two figures for, but um, like I know my cousin had 
all the He-Man figures, but I had one He-Man. I had Mecha Neck just because I like that. When you twist it in, his neck would go up. I don't know why that seemed so cool back in 1985, <laughs> but it did. Um, yeah, so that's about it. So where does your – and I never had like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or – I'm trying to think of other uh, – definitely Power Rangers were way past my time. So I'll ask you, where do you – where does your fandom and collection come into play? So, as I mentioned, for me, it starts with He-Man. And, you know, like you had the memory of, uh, you know, going down to the Five and Dime and, and, and buying the Tuscan Raider. My memory, it, when I was uh, a young kid, especially that age, my mom, who was a nurse, uh, she would work like second shift. So she'd have to work like 3 to 11. But she'd be home during the day and she'd still get – a fair amount of sleep. So, you know, she had, you know, energy. And, and I remember when I was like, you know, pre-kindergarten, you know, and not really going to daycare or what, or, you know, no daycare, not really a babysitter. It'd be like me and mom. And, you know, so she, we'd be down on the floor and she'd be playing He-Man with me. And I had Snake Mountain, which was cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we'd watch cartoons and, you know, lunch consisted of whatever kind of sandwich she made. But, you know, on, on special occasions, I got like a microwave s'more, which was, you know, you put the, the gram and then you put the, the marshmallow on there and then you kind of hit it for 15 seconds or whatever and it expands. And then you put the chocolate on, you know, on the mm -hmm. s'mores. Anyway, um, so I, I have real fond memories of that. Uh, uh, you know, shortly after that time, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I had quite a few of those. And I even remember, I don't remember specifically how the transaction went, but there was a kid, uh, you know, a friend of mine who lived a street over. And at one point I traded, you know, like one of my action figures for two of his. And I thought it was a really good deal. And my mom says, you know, oh, where'd these come from? I traded so-and-so for them. What would you give up in, in return? And I told her the action figure. I was like, okay, well, I guess technically they're yours, but, you know, we should probably talk about that first. You know, it was like using using Ninja Turtles as currency. Uh, never had the uh, Power Rangers uh, action figures. But I do remember in the mid-90s, there was the overwhelming popularity of the X-Men cartoon, and there were action figures from them. And while I never had them, I always envied my friends who did. And it was, uh, you know, those and, uh, you know, like if you had the complete Voltron, you know, all five lions mm -hmm. to, to build, uh, put together, that was always a thing. And, and uh, you know, I had G.I. Joes, uh, you know, a, a few of them. Um the, the small ones, not like the, the great big, really good ones from back in the day. But, you know, I had a number of those. But those those could, took a beating when you're playing out in, like, the vacant lot next to your house. And they're just, you know, in all kinds of weather, man. Those those action figures saw saw their use. Yeah, I think my G.I. Joes, um, a lot of them went off to battle and never came back. And uh, it, uh, it was uh, a rough uh, war uh, with Cobra. And, you know, much like uh, the episode of Community, where Jeff has the coma-induced cartoons of G.I. Joe. Yes. When my Joes went off to battle, they actually were capable of hitting each other and killing each other. Poor so, I don't know what this is about my childhood, but... Uh, Maybe next week we'll bring a, a psychologist in here to analyze us. 
I, I, you know, I mentioned that, you know, I was, I was an X-Men fan of, of that cartoon in the, in the mid nineties, but I didn't have any of the toys, but the toys that I did have, I like smaller action figures. Like I had a couple of, uh, mask figures, which is funny cause I don't remember ever watching the cartoon and I'm pretty sure that the figures that I had were just, uh, like hand-me-downs from a cousin or something like that. Like I grew I outgrew these. Here you go, Greg. Uh, you know, that, those types of, you know, transactions, um, but I, I would use my imagination, funny thing, and I'd pretend like, oh, this one who looks like he's wearing a visor, well, he's obviously going to be Cyclops, and this one who's, you know, he's a smaller action figure, well, that's going to be Wolverine, and, you know, I just kind of made it up as I went. No, nothing really brand on, on brand. You know, imagination is a... Lost art? Yeah. I'm going to say, I think, yeah, that's we'll all I got. I, I don't even have the imagination to make up a witty comment about the loss of imagination. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to Toys of Today as well. Um, now, you mentioned some uh, wrestling action figures that mm. you had, and I did not have a ton of them. The ones I do remember having from a young age, I think I've heard Kevin talk about this before on uh, My One, Two, Three Cents, the podcast right here on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network, and they were like the thumb wrestlers. You remember those? Like you put yeah. your thumb in the back, and I had Hogan. I mm-hmm. had uh, Hillbilly Jim. I had Rowdy, Pi- uh, Rowdy Piper, and uh, oh, I'm going to catch so much hell for this. Nikolai Volkov, the Russian. Yes. Yeah. I had those four. And... Uh, uh, much to my chagrin and your dismay, uh, Piper's right arm was severed at the wrist at one point. So, don't know how it happened. Hmm. All right. He was probably not a very useful thumb wrestler then. He was not. Uh, years ago, or, or not years ago, years later when I was out of the action figure age, but I guess somebody didn't get the memo, I got one other like attitude era uh action figure and it was road dog jesse james but it was one of the like the stretch ones they used to have okay and i'm like yeah that's not taking that out of the package so, uh n- now speaking of action figures do you remember where you would buy your action figures i don't remember i mean let, let's face it, it was, if i if i bought them it was probably at toys r us but Mostly it was like, I I think we've talked in the past about how at one point I saved up enough money to buy a Super Nintendo, but I I didn't really get an allowance. And that's largely self-inflicted because I didn't really do chores. Like I, the, the chores I'm supposed to, you know, it's like you do your chores and you make your bed and clean your room and all that other stuff. Then you get like two bucks a week or something like that. But I never, never had any cash coming in necessarily. And, so I'm pretty sure that any of the any of the action figures that I got were birthday or Christmas presents. So it was probably out of like a Toys R Us catalog or a Sears catalog or something that they used to have back in the day. All right. Yeah, I remember the Sears catalog. I mean, that was, you know, that would come in around October, I think, the Christmas catalog. And you would just go through each page and circle um, what toys you wanted or what looked good to you. But yeah, I think most of my action figure buying came probably from Walmart. 
And then when we'd go to the mall, we would go to KB Toys. I remember KB Toys. But I don't think most of the time you wouldn't buy things there because they were like 2 or $3 more expensive. Uh, and then, of course, Toys R Us. Yes, we would never we would go to Springfield. That's where Toys R Us was. And we would go in there. And, and again, you'd kind of look, but I think Walmart still had the cheaper prices. So that's where you go. But then, Can yeah, I- you'd, you'd always – and I remember when um, – you know, getting into later day collecting when the Star Wars line came back out in 1995. That was, you would run over from every Walmart. I remember coming, being in college and uh, having gone to Chicago to do a band interview. And on the way back, we stopped, I think, at two different towns at their Walmarts looking for, you know, like, which one, you know, does this one have the C-3PO? We can't find it anywhere. Let's stop here that's that's what I knew my collecting was getting um, into serious habits where and, and also those uh, that line the power of the force I think it's called is uh, I did not know this thing because there was no internet back then but they made variations of the characters on purpose so that collectors would mm. buy both and uh, yeah they got me I took advantage yeah. of the system they they yeah. saw a sucker um, a mile away. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this Boba Fett has a circle, and this one only has a semicircle. I got to get both, <laughs> and never open either one of them because they're going to be worth something someday. They're going to go for, you know, right now I can buy it for eight dollars. In twenty years, I can put it on eBay and sell it for nine. I, I don't think I ever looked at, you know, a toy at, at that time. You know, I look at things different now because I'm older, but for well. I don't. I don't think I ever looked at a toy. And be like I've. I've got to not play with that. That's going to be worth something someday. And now it's not so much the toys as it is the comics and everything. So, you know, mass produced that there's not really ever going to be anything of high value. I think maybe the last book of any quantitative value was like Watchmen or not Watchmen. Uh, Walking Dead number one. You know, first run, if because there were only like a thousand or so initial copies of that. So, yeah, that I mean, that's the problem is now, especially the adult male, let's say that you know, it's like in his 20s or 30s, who has grown up on that uh, collector mentality. And I remember I saw something uh, on Facebook a couple weeks ago where a friend of mine who has two small kids that apparently got have gotten into wrestling WWE made a comment about, you know, the price of a WWE figure now is like 15 to $30, depending on which style you buy. And she's like, are these made for kids or are they made for adult collectors? And, um, I, I definitely think, you know, because they have the points of articulation now and they are much more, in-depth characters yeah they're going for the collectors not the kid that wants to pretend to be roman reigns or john cena yeah and you know to that anytime you know like randy orton for example gets a new tattoo yeah well there's going to be a new you know action figure. figure with that so uh and and to what it would hasbro or mattel i don't know but to their credit the technology now is so advanced that they can get as detailed on the artwork as they need to. Um, 
you know, one of the ones that we didn't talk about that I enjoyed, I didn't have many of them, uh, and, you know, again, friends did, um, was Transformers. You know, Transformers Mm -hmm. were fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, I always loved going up to my grandma and grandpa's, um, and they had just a big Ziploc bag of army men. Little green army men, you know, uh, and you know, I just just would have fun with that for for a while, you know, playing, you know, on the floor. Um, and another oddball one, I think we talked about the. I know we talked about this in uh, in our cartoons episode was Exo Squad. Um, you had you know little characters, little mm-hmm. figures that were about the size of uh, your typical GI Joe of the era, and they had their little exosuits that they would fit into and you, you know you quote unquote flew them around and shot missiles and things like that those were fun but um yeah toys have come a long long way yes they have and i had a thought that i was going to bring up and i completely have lost it because you spoke for more than two seconds i, I completely mesmerized you with my soothing baritone well you you mentioned exo squad and i just it, it, I have no point of reference for that. Okay, well, um, I mentioned Transformers before that. You did mention Transformers, which I remember that I did have some Transformer uh, figures that I can never transform properly, and that's probably why I don't like the movie so much. It <laughs> reminds me of that time in my childhood. Your your failures as a youth. Yeah. Uh, so so let's, let, let's let's give a quick shout out to all the the toys we we got that ended up being junk. And by that, I mean, we're looking at you, Happy Meals. No, 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 no. You can't. You, you can't insult the Happy Meal toys. Why not? Those were classics. No, Chad. No. I think you're of the generation where the Happy Meal toys became terrible. What were the Happy Meal toys when you were young? I have no idea. I okay. don't remember. The only ones I remember like weren't even Happy Meals. I remember Hardee's or Carl's Jr. for people west of the Mississippi. Um, if you remember the cartoon sh- uh, Shirt Tales, which was about animals living in a park, uh, Hardee's would had a had a kids meal that came with a stuffed animal of each character. Um, yeah, what, what else did I collect? Uh, I was just having this conversation on Twitter today, but we were talking more about the collectible cups and promotions that McDonald's would do. Uh, yeah, I, I am struggling. I would, I would probably have to Google, you know, eighties happy meal toys to remember anything. So I guess you win by default. You, you can, if you can name one action figure or one toy you got from a happy meal, that was terrible. Then I'll have to give you that point. I mean, I just, I, I don't remember any of them being particularly, Good, you know. I mean, they were not greatly constructed. I mean, they were just cheap plastic by and large. Although I do remember, I got one little. It was, you know, for do you remember Disney's uh, Tailspin? I do. Uh, so it was one of those characters, and let me tell you what that that little uh, plain looking thing that that guy was in that was metal, mm-hmm. and you do not want to throw that at your sister. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I just did a Google search, and uh, what came up in the first picture are Fraggle Rock toys. All right, each character's I, in a car. I see those. Okay, uh, right. the Chicken Nugget. 
mm-hmm. uh, action figures that had different jobs. So those were cool. Um, I do know, remember what I was going to say, and I'm going to take this into a different discussion now. Uh, I don't know if you've seen in the last couple of years, but there's a toy company, and I don't know the name of them, but they've been releasing throwback 80s-style action figures for movies that didn't have action figures. Oh, no. So, like, they've done a Snake Plissken figure from Escape from New York, I believe. They've done the Goonies. Uh, they've done Breakin' with Ozone Turbo and Special K. And these are things that, again, that's the nostalgic fan that I am. I see them, I'm like, oh, my gosh, these are so awesome. But, one, what am I going to do with it? other than bring it home and then like two weeks later, put it in a box somewhere. And two, they're like 10 to $15 a piece, but they look like the old school star Wars figure. So I'm like, that is way too much to be spending a action figure that one, I'm never going to do anything with, but it does give me hope that someday, hopefully fingers crossed, we will get action figures from the Apple. It's it's never going to happen. It is not going to happen. Uh, all right. So in our final few minutes here, can we talk about the toys of today particularly? And and I maybe this is where I'm going to have some old man, uh, you know, thoughts here is, you know, my son is four and we actually he his birthday is two days before Christmas. So he kind of gets everything at once. And this past Christmas time, you know, this past December, we'll say I requested uh to family whomever you know you know grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles whatnot i said hey he had look my motives were my own but i said we're working on toys this year that don't make sounds and they were they were every parent wants though right but and and you're right, and and that was my secret motivation. But my public motivation was, hey, look, you know, he's been in speech therapy. He's finally starting to, you know, use words regularly. We want what what I we want for him is to you know have to make up these you know vehicles' own sounds, these you know dinosaurs' own sounds, and, and use you know, use those skills that he hasn't really been, been using as much. And about everybody was pretty on board with it because let me tell you, there are a lot of toys out. First of all, there are way too many poop themed toys. (laughs) And fortunately my son has not found any of them. Um, but we don't need, we don't need Easter bunnies that poop jelly beans. We don't need, I mean, there are, there are toys now that poop poop, you know, uh, you know, or think at least things that look like poop. Uh, but he has my in-laws, God love them. Uh, you know, they gave him a little barking robotic dog that doesn't do anything more than spin around and yap and play music. And I want to throw it into the damn field behind my house. Uh, I mean, come on people. Let's use our better judgment. So you're saying this year you're hoping they don't get the drum set? The day that my son gets the drum set will be the day that one of us moves out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that's not to say, you know, when he gets, because I, I played, you know, percussion. I played the drum uh, a couple years in grade school. And then I quickly, I'm like, this is not for me. I, more power to him if he finds that musical bug. However, there's going to be like specific times that we'll be like, son, you can practice your drums now. And those times will be when dad's out of the house, when dad's <laughs> out mowing the yard, when dad is out washing the car, when dad's, you know, thank God for earbuds but you know then you just have to play turn up the volume louder to overcome the anyway there's got to be all alternate routes uh, around that but there's a lot of there not all toys should require batteries let's leave it at that yeah and i wonder because i don't have kids or buy toys are the toys that require batteries are they still running on your standard double a or C batteries, or are they coming with the rechargeable, you know, batteries that are in everything adults are buying these days? It's it's pretty by and large still double A's and such. I mean, I think double A's kind of the standard, unless it's a a much larger toy that might take a, a D battery or something like that. Mm-hmm. Very few nine volts I've come across. So mm-hmm. I don't know what to think about mm-hmm. it, Chad. Uh, I just think that uh, next week. We have to come up with a different topic because I, I feel like we're, we did the grumpy old men again like we did with our technology things where things were better in my day. And, you know, speaking of back in my day, well, I'd love to tell you, but we're out of time. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.